and welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. I'm your host, Doug Hill, and in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Sam Washington Jr., the son of Sam Sr., who was the man that was part of the founding team of Detroit's famed St. Cecilia's Summer Basketball League back in 1967. Sam Jr. carries on his father's legacy, having established the Sam Washington Sr. Foundation in 2015. Its core principles are youth development, community responsiveness, and providing a safe haven for the city of Detroit's youth. Sam's goal is to, quote, help make a difference, provide avenues for the youth to be productive citizens, and encourage reaching for the moon, because if they miss, they can always become a star. And speaking of stars, Sam has witnessed some basketball luminaries pass through the doors at St. Cecilia's during his youth, and we look forward to learning about them as well as his journey as a sports fan. Sam, welcome to Conversations with Sports Fans. Bill, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have to uh, give a shout out to my man, uh, Bill Hoover, who's a walking encyclopedia of Detroit basketball. Uh, who introduced us. So I'm so grateful that he did. Yeah. Uh, Bill is, in fact, uh, encyclopedic, and we have not yet had him on the show. We have a recording in the can, as they say, and his is coming soon. So if you like uh, City of Detroit basketball, you want to make sure you tune in for the Bill Hoover episode. That's for sure. Um, Sam, tell us, if you can, about some of your earliest recollections of being a sports fan. Man, I was, you know, you could say I was born into it um, because my dad was uh, was a great athlete in um, in high school. Uh, he went, my dad went to Western High School where he played football, basketball, and baseball. And he was all, all city and all state in all three sports there. Um, he was inducted into the uh, Western High School Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, dad went to college uh, for, for a couple years at, at Ohio State, played football. And then from there, he played football professionally over, over in Canada. Huh. So, you know, I grew I don't remember a lot of his football career because I was so young. But um, when he... Um, he came to Detroit and started St. Cecilia, uh, what we know as the Saint for, for basketball and also football too for, for Little League. It just is in my DNA now. It's the same with my brothers and my sisters too. So, you know, I've been, been around sports all my life. Um. So were you, you were born then when your dad was still an active athlete? Yes, but like I said, I was like two, three yeah. years old, so I don't remember a lot. I do remember when, uh, you know, because we lived in New York for a while when, when he was uh, playing football there. Um, we um, moved to Detroit. Uh, well, I was born in Detroit, but we, uh, we moved from New York to Detroit when I was like five or six. So um, it was um, very, uh, a very interesting life that, that I lived because I've seen it all in terms of basketball. 
Um, and and uh, not only basketball, but celebrities as well. We'll I'm sure we'll get into it a little, little in a little while. But yeah, it was I had an interesting uh, childhood, to yeah. say the least. But it was great. When great. when your family yeah when your family relocated back into the Detroit area, what era would that have been for you? How what what you know are we talking uh, mid '60s, early '60s? When are we talking? Yeah, um, mid mid '60s. Okay. You know, we only lived, from my recollection, in New York for maybe like three three years. Born and raised in Detroit, so was my mom. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, all my roots, all my roots are right here in Detroit. And what is the athletic scene in the city of Detroit then? Um, for those recollections from back in the mid '60s, you have a, I guess, a Tigers team that is on the rise. Um, the Pistons, I think, are fairly solid at the time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, are you paying attention to that as a as a youngster, or do you have other hobbies and interests during that era? No, during that era, it's, it was a little different than, you know, where the era is now, because uh, I remember as a kid, whatever the season was in terms of sports, that's <laughs> what we did. If it was baseball season, I had a glove in my hand. Basketball season, I'm dribbling the ball. Football season, I'm out there. You know, so, you know, I played Little League football, baseball, and basketball growing up. Uh, back then, the Pistons were, uh, they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't, you know, like the, like the bad boys, you know, and things of that nature. Um, the Tigers were hot because I remember, like, you know, Willie Horton and uh, – Al K line, you know, my dad used to take me to uh, uh, Tiger Stadium and sitting in one of those obstructed seats where you couldn't see, <laughs> you know. Um, then, you know, the Pistons, of course, they were playing at Cobo Hall. Yeah. Um, so, so and, uh, I used to love going to Cobo Hall because I was allowed to catch the bus. Cobo Hall because um, the uh, – Opposing NBA teams used to stay right across the street, and we would stand outside, a bunch of kids and all us, watch the players walk across the street to to Cobo Hall. It, it was it was great atmosphere doing that. You uh, remember any of those uh, opposing players that you got an up close and personal look up look at? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, that's a great question because one of my idols at the time was New York Knicks. Walt Clyde Frazier. Uh, he was a very flamboyant uh, dresser. Um, so we would, um, you know, you know, he would walk across the street, he had a full length mink coat on one time, uh, in a nice suit and a big fedora hat. You know, I think uh, Kareem, I'd do a bar, walking across the street, um, Rick Berry, you know, we've seen some of everybody. It, it was great. And then we, once we got into the Cobra Hall, up in the rafters with a uh, 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 usher slash cheerleader named Gus would be making all the noise and um, you know getting the and I n- was not around uh, Michigan when the Pistons were at Kobo, so I'd never had the experience. But I, I've heard tell that um, it was a relatively smoky venue back in the day. <laughs> Yes, it was. It was a certain area where it was like a uh, a huge entrance. 
uh, once you're down on the court. And they had like a bars back there, you know, we service and you know, like you said, it was a smoky environment back there and the and um the uh, the fans that were sitting, you know, courtside, they were, you know it was like a fashion show down, you know, in that area as well. Mm-hmm. So it was it was very I, I love that arena. It wasn't very big, thought it was at the time, but I think the capacity at that time was eleven thousand. Yeah, that's that's nothing now this day and age, but uh, it was very uh, uh, basketball friendly venue because everything seemed to be you know up close and intimate. Mm-hmm. You um you meant when you were talking about the Tigers, you mentioned Willie Horton, and Willie Horton, of course, is a Detroit native, um, and I'm just wondering what that connection was from you and and your maybe your greater family in terms of you know being native Detroiters and then seeing, you know, one of your own native sons on the field of your major league baseball team that was kind of on the rise at the time. What was that experience like and and how was Willie viewed in your household? Well, Willie Horton went to uh, Detroit Northwestern high school Mm -hmm. and that's the same high school that my mom attended. Uh, They, they didn't, they weren't, they didn't hit the same time, but uh, Northwestern was one of the, uh, more popular uh, Detroit high schools at the time because they had such great athletes, you know, in all the sports, football, mainly baseball and, uh, and basketball. So um, uh, my, uh, my little league baseball coach was Ron Thompson. And Ron Thompson coached Willie Horton uh, when he was a youth, you know, in my, uh, Detroit. So periodically, uh, Ron would bring Willie around to uh, to Saint Cecilia for our for our base little league baseball uh, practices and things of that nature. So it was great seeing Willie uh, come to our practices because Willie, from what I understand, his first bat he hit a home run out the park in Tiger Stadium. He did the same thing in high school. That's all you know. I remember people talking. Oh, you should see this kid and Willie Hull. Grand River Avenue, you know, yeah. things of that nature. So then, you know, the Tigers, I think, won the World Series in the 60s, 60s and that became uh, really huge. Yeah, I was going to ask you as well about that, because in 68, in certainly, you're probably in your heyday as a as a youngster and as a sports fan. Um, do you have any recollections of, of how that team kind of captivated the city um, during that time period? Yeah, sure, because for the players, I don't know, Willie Horton and Ron Fallor, um, and then uh, what was the pitcher's name? I'm thinking. Uh, well, you had Mickey Lolich and Denny McLean. Yeah. Um, they would come periodically, you know, um, by the summertime, you know, when they had a break, just, mm-hmm. to, you know, because they knew about the Saints and, and the great basketball players coming through there as well. But, you know, when uh, everybody loves a winner. So, you know, of course, when, uh, you know, the Tigers won the World Series back then, that was, that was a big thing. It was huge mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, even the papers, you know, they had pulled, you know, the whole, whole nine. It, it was just great. Even as a kid, I remember that, especially. <laughs> um, and you, you've referenced some of the, I guess, the dignitaries and, and luminaries that have, you know, passed through the halls at the Saint. Um, tell us if you could a little bit about 
what that was like for you, I'm guessing probably a early teen, um, you know, helping your dad out there when, when this whole thing starts in 67, um, what, what is that experience like to, to see some of the folks that have passed through those hall, through the, the hallway or the doorway there? You know, that's, I like, that's a great question, Doug, because at the time for me, it wasn't a big deal of, you know, some of the, you know, uh, known celebrities, athletes, I just wish we had uh, social media as we know now, because back then it was like, you know, you see, like, I remember one time uh, my dad's office was down downstairs on the lower level, um, the gym at St. Cecilia there. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, need, I needed a couple bucks. So, you know, I go down to his office and I saw somebody in my periphery. It was back, you know, I didn't pay much, much mind. So I go right in my dad's office. He was like, hey, Sam. Um, you just walked past Marvin Gaye. You didn't say hi to him. Really? I looked over. It was Marvin Gaye. He looked up. My dad introduced me to him. He came over. You know, gave me a hug. I was like, man, Marvin Gaye. You know, uh, I remember to have uh, um, celebrity basketball games. So you know, back then, you know, Motown was real huge too. You know, you had all the stars, and you know. At any given day, you'll see anybody coming out of Motown, but a lot of the stars from uh, the singers like Marvin Gaye, Smokey Robinson, you know, Mel Fry would come over. You you name it, they would. They thought they were athletes too, so they would come to to the gym and work out. You know, so they would and don't embarrass themselves doing the celebrity basketball game. You know, um, Tony Dungy, Dungy. Used yeah. to come through there. He lived in he lived in Jackson. I'm just gonna, I'm just giving you some names of some of the celebrities you know yeah. that we know now that came through there. That really wasn't a big deal because uh, you know they were there. You can talk to them just like you and I talk. They were easy approached, and uh, some of them wasn't famous at the time. And so, but they've grown to be. And my point is, um, seeing what my dad started at that gym. Um, it wasn't just about, you know, professional athletes because they were um, judges, lawyers, politicians, singers, musicians, actors, actresses, all came through there. Um, uh, that's one that come um, that I'm thinking about because um, when, when Dick Vitale got hired by the University of Detroit, he's not from here, first of all. He's from New Jersey. Nobody knew who he was. Uh, but <laughs> Prior to Dick coming to St. Cecilia, he was smart. He said, well, you know, I'm so happy I got the position, but I need, you know, and everybody said, Dick, you need to go to St. Cecilia, meet Sam Washington. Those were those are where your players are. Lo and, be, lo and behold, Dick came to the gym. I was there when he first came and introduced himself to my dad and they became very good friends. Uh, My dad helped uh, get big players to the University of Detroit along with uh, Smokey Gaines. Um, He had players like Harry Mm Durod, John Long, Terry Tyler. And if you recall, they had a great. They made it to like the the Sweet Sixteen one year. Had the University of Detroit rocking every night, you know, with with uh, fans 
uh, piled to the to the rafters. You know, I miss those days. Um, so um, then coaches see um, basketball coaches back then, D one coaches, they didn't have the the rules that they have now, where you know you have recruiting periods. You know, you know, recruit. You know, certain times of the year. Back then, they can come go as they please anytime they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So it was coaches from all over the country, you know, to the St. Cecilia to meet my dad and, you know, look at players because back then there was um, the Detroit public school were 21, 22 schools. And every team, every year had at least two, three players that can go D1. Oh, yeah. Division yeah. one. So it was like a, it was like a basketball haven there, you know, and they all re, all the coaches relied my dad become his friend, thinking that okay, you know, um, Sam Washington would help, you know, them recruit some players. And so it, it it was just crazy, um, but a lot of people don't realize that when my dad first became the athletic director and basketball, it was a high school. Now, when he came, uh, before even basketball even started, like I mentioned earlier, it was all about seasons, basketball season, you got a ball, baseball, mm-hmm. you got a glove. Me and my brother, David, was playing Little League football on the west side of Detroit with a team called the West Side Cubs. Now, that was the only uh, uh, Little League football team in our area on the west side of Detroit. So, my uh, having a football background like he did, he, you know, he observed, you know, like any, any, for the most part, they want to be involved with their kids. So he noticed that there was a lot of kids not making the teams. There was three teams, A, B, and C team, based on the ages. It was getting cut. Couldn't make the team. Uh, I played with them for, for two years. And then the second, after the second year, my dad, being a visionary that he is, he said, you know what? I could start my own teams. So he started Little League football team at St. Cecilia. We were called the Cecilia Beacon. And lo and behold, Ville Beacon and the West Side Cubs ended up being the best teams, all three teams in the whole in the whole conference. So we go, we would clash every year um, for the uh, championship. And then after that, you know, uh, that was shortly after the Detroit riots in 67. And then, you know, uh, we had curfews, you know, people, fires, looting. It was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that And we actually, when my dad was hired by St. Cecilia, we directly across the street from the school and gym. Mm-hmm. Open up my door, take 10 steps, I'm at the school. That's how close we were. So, you know, my brothers and I, I got three, uh, two brothers. We, you know, we're, we're restless, you know, there's curfews. My dad, you know, being the athletic director said, you know what? That's getting on my nerves. <laughs> I'm going to open up the gym. You just go in, you go in there and just, you know, <laughs> get some exercise, you know, and we, we did. At St. Cecilia gym, the front and the back, because it's so hot in there. Um, when you're in the gym, you can, you can it echoes the ball echoes you can hear it throughout the neighborhood and then next thing we know other kids start coming in hey we want to play you know 
so um so then a, the my dad like i said being a visionary that he was um he was like you know what there's no organized sanctioned basketball high school in the city in the state of michigan why is that so you know he ended up going to lansing which is the capital of detroit of and to petition and get sanctioned to have organized high school summer basketball and that's what he did and that's that was the birth of you know saint cecilia um legendary gym mm-hmm. because from there like i mentioned earlier it was over 21 the population choice we were like the the fourth largest city in the country we had over a million million people you know and so um in addition to the detroit public high schools there were numerous detroit catholic high schools. so talent was crazy in terms of basketball so that's how the gym became so popular because you know just like nba is nights off you know i mean guys it was so talented guys you know every night you know guys are going at it you know girls too mm-hmm. guys are going at it so it spawned a reputation because like i mentioned every year um you would see guys from detroit in the nba at one time it was like maybe almost two dozen guys from detroit in the nba flat out um which, which was great um during that time my dad met uh dave bing which was i think his second second year second or third year maybe with the detroit pistons one draft pick he was mm-hmm. uh, you know all rookie he's a hall of famer now and he was holding out for his contract with the detroit pistons um my dad was like well you know i, I got a place for you to work out you know if you want to work out and dave you know sure you know and at jim first of all i gotta tell this quick story my uh, uh my father asked dave dave asked my father why why should i come work out at the gym my father my father being the jokester that said because dave this is the only packed house you're going to be able to play in because at the time like i said the pitching wasn't that good <laughs> so uh so anyway you know they laughed and then uh you know when word got out they didn't working out at, at the gym other people started gravitating to the gym too you know players and things of that nature so um so from my dad establishing uh sanctioned high school summer basketball it spawned off to what we call the um pro family which means like you know when you lose your we we don't have any more eligibility for high school perhaps no more eligibility for college and that's playing and once again you know um with all the talent we had in detroit you know, that made that league even even better as well. So the re- reason why the, you know, the, the reputation just took off. And then, when, you know, guys coming out of high school in Detroit going to college, that was another um, reputation that we had, you know, because we've seen some of everything in, in that gym. I mean, man, if, uh, if we had social media, it, it, it – I'll be a billionaire 
you know, <laughs> some of the stories and some of the games we've seen there, you know. And you got to remember, I think the city is a gym, as we know it. It's about Sam Washington, my dad, because first of all, if you've never been in the gym, I'll paint a story, pitch for you. Like, there's two entrances, one in the front, one in the back. Everybody mainly comes through the back door where you come through the back door, you got to walk up the steps because the gym's on the second level. You remember, it used to be a high school gym mm -hmm. slash stage, too. You know, that's how, you know, gyms were built back then. So you got to come up the back door uh, when my dad sat in a chair greeting everybody that comes through that door. And I used to ask, Dad, why you sit right here, you know, at the door all the time? He said, because I want to I wanna look and shake everybody that comes through this door hand in the eyes and greet this is you know this is my house that's what he that's how he uh, considered it I said, oh wow that makes sense so um <clears throat> um Irvin was the first superstar in my opinion that came out of saint cecilia um let me back up just like i said had two entrances the back and the front okay and it's small i thought it was big back then i don't know why but the ceiling is low Yep. But, you know, to uh, best, uh, if you're a shooter with a high arc, you have to adjust your arc. The greatest did that. Um, then there's like one of the walls is out of bounds where the clock sat, laying on the wall. That's out of bounds. And you have four poles from the floor to the ceiling that you, you know, you had to know where they were because you run into it. <laughs> you, you. And then you had the bleachers on the one side. And then later on, they tore the stage down and added bleachers there. But my point is, it's not about thanks to my decision because man, wherever he was, that would have became the Saint Cecilia. You, you follow me? You know, because the uh, um, the archdiocese now, they, 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 you know, they thinking that you know it's all about the church and no, 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 no. People that know, know it's Sam Washington. It's his vision, his program that that put the gym on the map and they did it solely because of him and his vision. No, we've been around, they, they know that, but you know, um, because the gym been closed virtually since, you know, COVID. So, you know, a lot of didn't have a chance to play there. They don't understand, you know, the history sometimes, you know, they forget. And then what made the gym so popular also was the fact that all the guys I said that, and it's been over 100 that played from Detroit that went on to the NBA. They would come back every summer and play, you know, and mingle and talk to the uh, to the younger kids. Mm -hmm. and some of those younger kids became pros. You know, it was like a, they call it a fraternity, um, which was very great. Even now, I see some of the guys. Everywhere I go, I, I run into somebody that, you know, got a story about Lake the City. You know, I love hearing it, you know. Some of the stories I never knew, like my dad could pick up the phone or virtually any coach in the, in the country and for the most part, get a kid in school. Hmm. It's crazy just because, you know, if he, if they said no, they they feel bad. Like, oh, wow. If I say no to Mr. Washington, then if I, if I, if I really want, he'll tell me no. You know, <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, wow. You know, uh, my dad also was the uh, general manager and head, which is the CBA team. 
Oh, the, the they spirit? Won the championship yeah. By, yeah, Detroit Spirits. Yeah, I think in 84, they won the championship, you know. And he had uh, guys like Eric Turner from the University of Michigan and Flint. You know, he had Kevin Smith. He had Terry Durock, a guy named Tico Brown that we bring, bring to Detroit. It just go on and on. And I can tell you, Doug, anybody that's anybody that knows anything about sports in the city of Detroit that played basketball, whether it's high school, college, whatever, they came to San City. They had to. I remember uh, Magic Johnson was doing an interview, and he said when he was in East Lansing growing up, everybody was, you know, congratulating him. Saying, yeah, Magic, you're great, man. You, you know, you're a really good player. Magic said, the coach told him, you know what, Magic, you, you, you're great here. You're, you're, you know, I'll give you that credit, but by how really great you are, you got to go to St. Cecilia and play. He did, you know. Sometimes Magic would call me or my dad, and we would do, like, uh, invitation-only workouts. It was crazy. Some of the talent, it'd be, for example, Bob Lanier, John Long, um, Greg Kelser. You know, I could go on and on. We would have clothes on at the gym, and, and guys would go at it. We would go at it. It, it was crazy. So a little bit like um, some of those dream team workouts is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Invitation only. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it, it was crazy. You know, even, you know, when – and then uh, what I didn't mention was the fact that some of the guys from Detroit that played in the NBA, they would yeah. brag about, you know, the gym to, the, to their teammates. And the teammates said, well, I don't believe you. You know, I don't believe all that talent there. And they would come and play, you know, in the summertime. Daryl Dawkins. Remember Daryl Dawkins? Sure. Um, but here's a his funny thing. Um, Daryl was warming up. Gym was packed. You know, it was about 95 degrees in the gym. And, uh, you know, the crowd's all riled up because he's, you know, the, uh-huh. my dad went up to Daryl, pulled him to the side. The Daryl, big fella, you can't play in this game. <laughs> Daryl's like, what? What are you talking about, Mr. Watts? He said, Daryl. These are the only rims I have. Can't let you. <laughs> well, I understand, you know, stories like that is just un- unbelievable. Yeah, Daryl wasn't known for his jump shot, so he probably um, would not have been too welcome there with only one set of rims. Yeah, exactly. He just <laughs> shut the whole summer down. <laughs> oh, but you, I think you had started to say uh, something about George Gervin. If I'm not mistaken, oh yeah, yeah, um, being yeah, one yeah. of the that, one of the first first ones to kind of really, I don't know if you said make it or whatever coming out of there, but tell us a little bit about what what Gervin was like um, back back in the day. George, as I um, was going to say, to me was the first superstar out of Detroit to play at at the Saints because I remember when George was in high school. Eastern Michigan, which is now King High School. Yeah. Um, he's calling Twiggy. Um, but he was a great basketball player. The finger roll, the whole night. I've seen all that at the beginning. Anyway, he um, leads the Michigan round ball basketball class in the summer, after, you know, after the uh, basketball season. Mm-hmm. And they would take the best players, you know, in the state. 
And uh, this particular game was played at the old uh, Olympia Stadium with a, where it mm-hmm. used to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, George put on the show. He had 33 points. He was uh, put on the show. Unbelievable what he, some of the stuff he was doing to his size. Um, and ironically, after the game, the reception in the cafeteria downstairs. So George, you know, he had just graduated. He had his uh, uh, cap and gown on. You know, they had hors d'oeuvres and stuff like that. Like, okay, uh, he, this, this guy's really special. So he, you know, he went on uh, to Eastern Michigan. Uh, first he went to Long Beach State, went to Eastern Michigan. Oh, he got suspended from the team. Mm-hmm. Ended up playing with uh, uh, Pontiac Chaparrales, which was a, uh, like a CBA team as well. I don't know why the Pistons didn't pick him up at that time. But anyway, and then, you know, he went on to the, to the ABA, Virginia Squires, played with Dr. J. Um, and at that time, you know, the ABA merged yet. Um, some of his bas- best basketball was played in that league. Nobody saw, you know, because, you know, they didn't have the media and the TV coverage. But anyway, George would come back every summer and, and play at the same. And, I don't know. We didn't, like I said, we didn't have social media, but I don't know how people knew. But when he came, the place was packed. I remember one time it was so it was so packed. It was maybe two hundred people outside couldn't get in. Pissed, it's sold out. Can't get in. You know, and, and George would tell the story. Yeah, um, you know, normally my dad would charge a dollar, you know, to come in. Uh-huh. George said, Yeah, when. When I came to town, Mr. Watson charged two dollars. <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, um, uh, George ended up NBA Hall of Famer, had a tremendous career for the San Antonio Spurs, led the NBA in scoring three, four times in a row. You know, um, that's George uh, every now and then they just uh, retired. His um, they put a statue, yeah. excuse me, in front of uh, Eastern Michigan which is now the game above George Gervin Center. Yep. I was at that ceremony, you know, long overdue. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, he was one of the, no, I know for a fact, he was the <laughs> first superstar come out of Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What we, what we, what we don't know so far, Sam, is whether or not you ever played at the Saint competitively. Um, in any of these uh, legendary games. So what what is is or was your game like? Look, I was the man. <laughs> I thought you were. Yeah, I okay. Was, I, I was I was a very good player. I I, uh, I played football and basketball. I went to Brother Rice High School. Football, I played for the legendary uh, coach Alpha Tausa. Yeah. In basketball, I played for the legendary uh, Bill Norton. So let me tell you how I got to Brother Rice. So um, uh, Bill Norton which was, you know, the coach brother, right? Called my dad one, one summer and, and introduced herself um, uh, to my dad. Uh, Mr. Washington, my name is Bill North, head basketball coach at Brother Rice High School. I would like to get in your summer high school league. My, and I know the story verbatim because uh, my dad said, well, you know, um, first of all, Bill, thanks, thanks for calling, you know. Um, I love to help you, but you know there are no teams in the league. You know, I said, Mr. Washington, that's exactly why I want to be in your league because every every year during the districts for basketball, Brother Rice would lose to Pontiac Central. Huh. You know, so 
Um, uh, so he, uh, Brother Rice came uh, to the uh, to the summer league, and, and uh, Bill Norton says, uh, you know, I had I had I just had six guys with me for the team. We were all in my car, and you know, it was a culture shock. You know, you know, coming to an all black environment, and, and Norton, Coach Norton said, every time I take a step, my players take a step. They were petrified. On well, the first, he said they 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 would lose by thirty points easy, you know. But you know, doing uh, as as the league started to close for the couple games, started getting their confidence, you know. So okay, all right. So that you know, St. the City was also like a what I consider a melting pot because it was teams from all over the city, all over the metro area would come and play. Saginaw, Flint, you know. Um, in Harvard, you name it, would come, which which was great. Uh, but anyway, so um, I mentioned I was a good ba- basketball player and football. I was a great athlete. Um, anyway, so safe to say we reduced the 12th grade to the ninth grade when I was in the ninth grade. So I thought I was going to go to Saint Cecilia, you know, as a as a ninth grader, but uh, I was in class the first day of school. I look up. Uh, hour late after being there, my, I see my dad walk in, talk to the nun, they talking, and then next thing I know, they point at me, waving me over. So I said, okay. And my dad goes, uh, Sam, I want you to go with me. Mind you, say nothing prior to anything. I said, okay, let's go. And this Cadillac, we drive. It seemed like forever from Detroit. We go, we drive and drive and drive. Next thing I know, Doug, I'm at Brother Rice High School. So sitting in the car. I'm still sitting there. He's like, come on, you going with me? I said, okay. So, you know, we, we get out, walk to the um to the school. My dad goes in the principal's office. I'm sitting outside. Um, next thing I know, I didn't know him at the time, but Bill Norton comes walking, you know, into the office with my dad and the principal. Talk for about maybe 15, 20 minutes. So my dad comes out, introduced me to Bill Norton and the principal. Doug, he said, Sam, this is your new school, and he left. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? I'm like, it's like um, maybe five, 600 kids, yeah. and uh, it was like maybe three African-Americans. Sure. You know, all-boys school. Yeah. I'm like, call this. <laughs> you know, what am I, why am I, you know, what did I do? But, you know, Anyway, that's a long story to, to say that that's how I got to Brother Rice and stayed there four years and I loved it. You know, I still got a lot of good friends from Brother Rice. Uh we ended up winning the uh the uh the uh, state say championship in, in seventy four. Um and I was an integral part of that along with my brother and you know, some of my other friends there. Ironically this year uh, is the fiftieth uh anniversary of that state championship and they're honoring us uh next week oh, at brothers nice. of rice um they're bringing back all honoring us um, um before the uh half central game mm-hmm. uh which is a great honor because a lot of guys you know that's another like for consider because you know we are all over the place all over the country and stuff but whenever we come together it's like we see each other every day but that's how i got to brother rice <laughs> did and, please, please tell me somebody came and picked you up when the day was over. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, um, <clears throat> my dad was so busy, you know, doing you know what he did, does at the gym and the other things. And my mom didn't drive at the time, so 
um, some days, my this is my freshman year, some days I didn't get home till like 10 o'clock. Oh. And I'm, I'm waiting, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, Brother Rice, they were, they were gracious. They knew, you know, I lived, you know, in Detroit and, you know, had to wait on my dad. So, you know, after doing a little studying, I'd be in the gym shooting jump shots. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know. I was going to say, say, I'm sure that you spent all that time in the library. <laughs> no, nah, not all the time. Just, <laughs> just about an hour or so, and then I'm in the gym. And then, you know, after that, then other, you know, my brother David came the next year. Uh, my Smith, you know, which uh, was a great basketball player, played for Michigan State and UD. He came, and, you know, a few years after that, uh, B.J. Armstrong came. You know, you know, like I said, uh, that's one of the best decisions that my dad made for me. You know, like I said, uh, I really enjoy my my time with Brother Rice. Still, still, uh, still come around and help me. You know, do things there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then you know, from Brother Rice, you know, my senior year, I got really, really sick. I almost passed away. I had a sinus infection. Senior, you know, uh, I didn't think I was gonna be able to play anymore. But I was able to come back like midway through, right before the playoffs, and help help the team uh, win the state championship. Second leading scorer in the team, averaging like 18 points and seven assists. You know, I was on my way. Uh, many, I had many college offer, basketball offers, you know, to come. But when, you know, word got out that I was sick, then most of the offers, you know, went away. So oh. I ended up at, uh, you know, Robert Robert Morris College in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. They did a couple years. You know, they went from uh, – I didn't have to go to JUCO, but I wanted to because I wanted to be able to, uh, you know, uh, re-engage myself and let, let colleges know that, hey, I'm back. Uh, but – after uh, the first year, Robert Morris, which was a JUCO at the time, they went from JUCO to D1 all in one year. So the following year, it became D1. Still is there in the Horizon League with U D and Open University and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a great experience too, Doug, because uh, I played against Great Jerry Bird. Um, this was a this was a scouting report for Larry when we was playing Indiana State. Um, Great bas- very good basketball player, uh, transfer from Indiana, didn't like Bobby Knight. Uh, he's a good player. Okay. That was, I had like 20, 20, and like 20 rebounds against us. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> you know, played against uh, Robert Parrish in college, uh, Gerald Henderson, former Boston Celtics. So, you know, I had, I had a great time. Uh, uh, played against Andrew Toney. Uh, uh, 76 a player, mm-hmm. you know, so I played against some of the best, you know, even when we had to close workout at the Saints, you know, of course I was playing, you know, played, you know, against Maddie Johnson, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, you name it, you know, everybody was my friend back there because, you know, they wanted to get close to my dad and, uh, you know, and be able to play, play at the Saints. Um, you mentioned the, the Robert Morris piece. Wasn't, isn't that the route that Earl Kiriton took as well he went to robert morris to begin and then ended up at uad yeah we, we were roommates we were oh, roommates for two okay. years yeah look, um, look at me not knowing because, that i'm sorry yeah it was crazy because uh uh Earl was like uh um maybe six four six five coming up not not, not really well known so you know he he uh was looking for school and um and the coaches that uh robert morris you know you know wanted me and then uh, my dad showed them Earl, you know, a workout and stuff. And then he told them, you know, if you want, you want, uh, if you want Sam to come to Morris, you got to take 
you gotta take real care of them too. Uh, they did. Yeah. You know, we uh we went we went on a recruiting trip together on the plane, airplane, you know, we came to uh to the campus and uh, you know, Earl grew, you know, from six four to, to six nine within a year and a half. Ooh. And uh, you know, end up having a great, great career in the NBA. Yeah, he was I always enjoyed watching him. He was a lot of fun. Yeah. He transferred from uh, you know, Robert Morris after the second year. So he played two years there. The year was the JUCO, the year was D1. And then he transferred to uh, U of D um, uh, after his second year. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, we could probably keep talking for forever. I don't know that, <laughs> that that is in either of the cards, either of our cards today, but you've, you've mentioned quite a few names. And, and I know that I read something, um, a, a piece in the, in the free press here in Detroit, about you recently and and i seem to recall that there was a list of some of your like all-time favorites that you saw at the saint or competed against or what have you and i wondered if you might be able to recapture a little bit of that right now for our listeners who are not familiar with that article that i am from the free press from back in the fall who were some of the of the if you if you had the name like an all saint team of all time who's on that list for you oh mike this is one of the, that's like doing um, Chinese arithmetic. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so many, and, you know, and, and, you know, no matter what I say, it's going to be a good answer. But then, you, you know, uh, you're going to leave off a lot. But if you want five or ten, how many you need? Well, I'll how tell you what. I mean, I think a, a typical NBA roster these days, I think, mm -hmm. is is twelve players, right? Maybe fourteen. So if we can give, I tell you what, a baker's dozen. Oh. Give me, give me thirteen. <laughs> uh, okay, let me see what I can do. Okay, uh, from Detroit, though, right? Well, I mean, just Detroit you know, the, the Detroit, the Detroit area. Yeah, I mean, I would love to include, you know, um, Magic, but you know, let's be honest. Okay, he was, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a he's a Lansing state. kid. How about that? What's that? Um, let's, let's say the state of Michigan then. Okay, that's fine. Is that good? That's okay, good. so here we go. Okay. Um, uh, George Gervin. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Magic, of course. I'm going to say Magic. Uh, Eric Coleman. Okay. I'm going to say um, Chris Weber. Okay. Uh, Jalen Rose. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Steve Smith. Steve Smith. Okay. I'm gonna say, and you might not even know this name. I'm gonna say Dan Roundfield. Oh, why wouldn't I know Dan Roundfield? He went to Central Michigan <laughs> and uh, was a Piston and Atlanta Hawk. Yeah, good, good rebounder. <laughs> Yeah, he was great. At one point, he was labeled the best power forward in the NBA. Yeah, had some that's, knee issues, if I'm not mistaken. Lot. It kind of slowed him down a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That that says a lot. Okay, um, I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing? Um. One, two, three, four, five, six. You say um, Dave DeBusher. 
Yeah, he, he wasn't too, recognize that name he, either. He wasn't too bad. I mean, he only played Major League Baseball <laughs> and NBA basketball. So, <laughs> absolutely. Um, the uh, Sean Leonard. Okay. Remember that guy at all? Oh yeah, went to Minnesota Southwestern. Part of those great teams at Southwestern. Southwestern. Yeah, he uh, won the uh, three point contest at the NBA All Star game a few times. Um. Then you have. Uh, well, you mentioned John the Busher, did oh, John Long did did Spencer Haywood ever make his way through the doors there? Oh my goodness, yeah, Spencer Haywood. Thank yeah, you. I don't. I don't want to get in trouble with Spencer because I I hear he can yeah, still go Spencer, for thirty that's today. My man. Yeah, that's my man, Spencer. Of course. Is, is that how many is that? Is that thirteen? That's, that's twelve. You have one more. So I mean, if you wanted to include yourself, okay. you know, it, it's it's not bragging if it's true, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I like to give other people props. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, let's see, the last one's gonna be drum roll. Da, 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 uh, he's um, Willie Green. Willie Green, current coach of the Pelicans, right? Current coach of the Pelicans. Very nice. Well, I I would take that thirteen into probably any uh, any gym and and like my chances against opposition from another city, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then there's there's others too that's coming to my mind too. You know, um, that uh, were, were great players as well. But you know, oh, did we no. lose? Yes. Hello, I I might have lost you there for okay, a second. Okay, Go, you're you back. Now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, do you remember Anderson Hunt that went to UNLV? Oh yeah, he was again another oh, Southwestern yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, he's a great player. You know, I was going to say before we let you go, um, I wanted to circle back to the uh, Sam Washington Foundation that you established mm -hmm. um, and and the work that you're doing there. I, I know there are a couple of events that you've got scheduled coming up to kind of help continue to promote and, and and keep the legacy alive and wanted to give you an opportunity to, to talk about uh, both that basketball clinic that's coming up in February. And I think you have a, a golf outing probably serves as a fundraiser coming up in June. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the foundation and those two events for us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. The foundation, you know, was in 2015, you know, it was a, a brainstorm that I had, you know, and also a way of giving back because when I was running things at, at, at the same you know, very hard, you know, because uh, um, a lot of corporations don't like to give to uh, to churches. Mm -hmm. So I established a profit. So, you know, I would be able to, you know, get get funding that way. And also, you know, my way of giving back, because a lot of things I do with the kids and stuff, you know, it's costly and I don't like begging from people. So, you know, I had to establish that so people can donate, you know, and things of that nature. Now, the golf outing, I fun, uh, bring people to golf outing. You know, of course, you know, we make uh, make a little something off of that. that, that and we do free basketball training. got one 17, mm -hmm. you know, um, and things of that nature. So, you know, it just keeps me busy. You know, it, it's enabling me to, you know, help and get back in some of these younger coaches so you know I, I speak at some clinics and, and camps and things of that nature you know i just love getting out there we do uh, food drives you know we give away food 
uh, periodically throughout the year. You know, we, we do some everything. Um, and that's, that's just my way of, you know, giving back and, uh, you know, having fun and back in, in the community. Yeah. And, and we, and, with the golf father, we, we need, we, 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 I sent you a flyer, but we're trying to, we need like a couple more sponsors. So, you know, if you know anybody, Doug, you know, share, share that flyer with them, you know, and, uh, hopefully, uh, they, they'll contact me, but, you know, like I said, I love doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And the, um, the foundation has a website, right? Sam Washington foundation. Is it com? Yes. Dot com. Yeah. Okay. I will make sure that we include that in our, in our show notes and, and everything else and um, get information out there about that golf outing at Copper Creek golf course on June the 15th in Farmington mm-hmm. Hills and the uh, youth basketball clinic on February 17th, which I think is in Warren, right? Yes. It's in Warren. Uh, it's a middle school called Academy of Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. Half of it is a turf where they do uh, lacrosse. Oh, okay. And football and other other half is, is the gymnasium. I help manage that as well. So, you know, uh, that's, that's fun for me as well. So Sam, uh, the way we end, um, a lot of our episodes is we, we ask our guests if they could go back into a, a time machine and go back in time, uh, to a, a particular sporting event that either they had been present for, or perhaps one that they weren't present for, what would that event be and why? And I would be interested to hear what, what your thoughts are. You've got certainly a lot of experiences with a variety of sports stories to, to share, I'm sure. Yeah, I have so many, Doug. Um, but we don't have enough time to cover it all because we need uh, a few months to okay. cover all the things <laughs> that I saw and experienced at the Saint, which is which, which great uh, growing up. But uh, a few that come to mind is um, when my dad brought a team from New York City, Brooklyn, to the Saints to play because the reputation at that time had took off where, you know, it was known pretty much all over the country. So on that particular New York team, you had a uh, Hall of Famer, NBA Hall of Famer, Famer Bernard King. You had the microwave from the Detroit Pistons, Benny Johnson, uh, Bernard King's brother, Albert, that played uh, a few years in the NBA. And you had a guy named Sam, Sam Worthen. Um, so, uh, word got out that the New York team was coming with, with those guys. And, of course, once again, the gym was packed to the rafters and maybe a couple hundred, 300 outside pissed off that they couldn't get in. <laughs> uh, so, and then, you, you know, what's crazy. Uh, the New York team did not stay in a hotel, you know. Uh, they stayed. My dad had rented cots for all the team members and, uh, and coaches to stay and sleep on the cots in the basement in the cafeteria of the thing, which was crazy, you know, but nobody complained, you know, that's just the way, you know, things were at that time. You know, they didn't give it, they didn't care. They just wanted to hoop, you know? Yeah. So, um, uh, I remember because, uh, the New York team played against some great players from Detroit at the time, Terry Tyler, NBA hall of famer. You had, uh, John Long, you had, uh, I believe great Kelser, uh, yeah, Terry Dura, a guy from Saginaw, and Tony Smith, that was one of the best players I ever played against in high school. So, um, like I said, the, the, the game, it was, it was hype. Crowd was anxious uh, to see because they knew Bernard King's reputation, but only from afar. So I, I, I remember, uh, and Detroit had a guy named, big guy named Cyrus Mann to play too. So anyway, uh, first, first play down the court, 
Bernard King comes down, shoot a layup, try to shoot a layup right, right down the middle of the key. Lo and behold, Terry Tyler went up and grabbed it. Crowd went crazy. You know, it was a clean block. Crowd went play, crazy. You know, a uh, couple plays later, Bernard came down again. Boom, boom, doing some moves, did a crossover from half court, went to the basket, laid it up. Terry Tyler caught it again. Unbelievable. <laughs> Crowd was going crazy. Bernard just looked at him, you know, shrugged his shoulders, you know, ran down the court. A few plays later, I guess Bernard said, okay, this is how it's going to be. And I never seen nobody do this at the time. He went down towards the, the left baseline of the basket, went to the basket with his left hand, grabbed the side of the backboard, and tomahawk dumped. Boom! Everybody went crazy. They had to stop the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had to stop the game for about three or four minutes, you know. And then, uh, you know, the, the game, it was a great game, but uh, Bernard King ended up with like 50 points, Yeah, and, and they won that game. The second night, they played again, and Detroit team won, but that first game was, was unbelievable. And, you know, I, I like to add, too, that, you know, my dad was one of the first to have, like, basketball camps, you know, in the city in the summertime. Okay. And one of the first camps that my dad had, Doug, he shared the camp with uh, the Piston, Detroit Piston coach at the time, Herb Brown, which is Larry Brown's brother. Yeah. It was called the, the Herb Brown Sam Washington basketball camp. We had over, over 200 kids that participated. You know, they were inside and outside, you know, had outside courts. And, and I think that was phenomenal because nobody really was doing it at the time. So it, it set the tone from there on. You know, everybody started, you know, wanting to have basketball camps, you know, and things of that nature. And in my eyes, Doug, my dad pretty much got AAU off the ground. And what I mean by that was um, my dad would take each year uh, the best players, not in the city of Detroit, but the best players in the state of Michigan on one AAU team. Uh, a guy named uh, Ron Hall was working for uh, Ford at the time with furnished, like, you know, vans and stuff mm-hmm. for the pretty for the guys and the team to travel and they would beat everybody throughout the whole country. And that started a reputation because it, it was known as team Michigan, you know, and then, you know, after a few years, my dad, you know, really got you know, real busy with, with other things regarding the gym and some things he was doing. He, he gave the baton over to uh, Rocky Watkins. And he carried that baton, you know, for years. And every year, once again, you know, Detroit would, would always win the champ, the national championship. And that, that created even more of a reputation, you know, for, for, for Detroit, uh, which, was, which was great. You know, and during that time, anybody, anybody from Detroit or I'd say the Metro Detroit, the state of Michigan, that thought they could play basketball came to the same. I, I knew them all. Uh, through my dad and even played against, you know, a lot of them too. Um, there's some guys that, I don't know if you remember the, uh, just recent, there was a movie that came out. Uh, I forget the name of it, talking about Michael Jordan. I can't think of that, the name, but it was just recent. Anyway, it was, uh, it was, movie, it was in movie theaters throughout the country. And one of the lead guys in the movie that really actually, you know, spearheaded Michael Jordan, um, Sonny Vicaro was a big, 
Nike Adidas guy back in the day, but definitely he was with uh, Nike when he um, got Michael Jordan assigned with Nike. Mm-hmm. He would be at the same quite often hmm. because he had heard the reputation about the players and things of that nature. He would camp out, you know, and, and uh, that was his way of, you know, helping other coaches get kids, you know, from, especially from Detroit to go to their schools. And then along with Sonny Vaccaro, just to mention a few other uh, famous names, you know, uh, you know, the audience might recognize that, you know, not necessarily the superstars there, but, you know, participated and, and watched. And if you see them today on the street, you can talk to them and they have stories about the Saints. Uh, for example, uh, famous judge, Judge Mathis. Yeah. Um, uh, um, my friend um, and owner of the uh, Phoenix Suns now, Matt Isbia, he played when he was in high school at Seahome High School. He played at the Saints. You know, couldn't wait to get there, you know, to to showcase his talent, see how good he was against the talent, you know, in the city. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned before, Tony Dungy. Yeah. You know, the NFL analysis now, uh, great uh, football player. He went to Minnesota. You know, he would come all the way from Jackson just to see uh, the players and the competition that you know, he had heard about. You know, also football Hall of Famer Jerome Bettis. He played at the Saints. Um, my good friend Tommy Hearn, even in his heyday when he was fighting Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler and those guys, when he wasn't fighting and training, he would always call me, you know, because he had this little uh, entourage that wanted to love the hoop. And I would, uh, you know, uh, get the keys and, and, and let the guy, let, let his entourage and himself play. I would play with him, you know. They couldn't wait to get in the gym. And, um, you know, Tommy, he, was, he wasn't all that good, but he, uh, he could shoot a little bit, you know, but – and it was funny because whenever he played, before even uh, the ball went up, he would say, hold on, everybody, listen. You know, I don't care if you follow me, but nobody better not hit me in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's his bread and butter. It was, I used to yeah. die laughing when he would say that. He was serious about it, but, you know, it, it was all good. And also uh, the, the current Lakers coach, uh, Darvin Ham. You know, yeah. he, he, he's not from Detroit, but he's from the Michigan. You know, he played there uh, quite often. Um, last story before uh, before we close is there's a uh, a guy by the name of Carlos Rogers. Uh, he's from Detroit Northwestern. Yeah. Had a long career in the NBA. Every as I mentioned, all the pros in Detroit uh, that made it to the NBA they come back every year to play at the same. And I asked Carlos one time. I said, Carlos, you know, how does it feel, you know, being from Detroit, you know, playing in the NBA? He said, Sam, let me tell you something. He said, I used the NBA to get in shape to play at the Saints because <laughs> I don't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you serious? He was dead serious. I said, that's unbelievable and, and a great story and, and show you how, how, how much competition was at the Saints and how people truly and they still do today uh, respect, uh, you know, their time there, what they learn there, you know. Uh, who they saw there, you know, things of that nature. And then one other thing, I used to, my dad would always have a house team in the Pro-Am League. Mm -hmm. And as you know, the house team never loses. (laughs) So he he asked me uh, one night to uh, Sam, um, I have something I need to do. Do you mind coaching my house team? And you know, I had hurt my ankle, so I couldn't play. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure, Dad. I didn't know who he was talking about. 
I knew some of the players that was on this team, but he had some guys who showed up that just had to play and wanted to play. And on that team that I coached, we had uh, – this is all on one team now in a pro-am in Detroit at the Saints. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Terry Durock, John Long, Greg Kelser, uh, Walker D. Russell, uh, whose brother is Campy Russell, and Walker played in the NBA with the Pistons for a while. Yeah. He's currently a scout right now for the Houston Rockets and Earl Pearson. Now, talking about a stack of the team. And, but it wasn't an easy game for them to win. Because I remember uh, it was like getting close to halftime and the house team, we were down like eight points. So I called a timeout. And Isaiah looked at me, he looked at Magic. He said, man, I ain't going to have to play like this hard today. So after, after that was said, Magic, of course, Magic and Isaiah, they put on a show. <laughs> they had people going crazy, some of the things that they were doing. Yeah, I would and, bet. Uh, yeah, and, and Doug, you ever heard of the – he's a well-known announcer, sports announcer. He works for Fox now. His name is Gus Johnson. Oh, sure. You ever heard of him, Gus oh, Johnson? Oh, yeah. Everybody knows who Gus is, yeah. Yeah, Gus is the man. Gus went to St. City. He played for my dad. Really? And he speaks highly of Detroit every time he gets when he's on the air. Yeah, that's my guy, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he loves the Saints. You know, he, he, he attributes a lot to my dad helping him, you know, get to where he is today. And then lastly, Scott Perry, a good friend of mine, Scott Perry, for those that don't know, was recently the uh, – vice president of the New York Knicks. Uh, prior to that, he was with the uh, Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. And then he was in, uh, one of the vice presidents with the Detroit Pistons under, under um, Joe Dumas, too, for a while. Um, so uh, that's just a small list of, you know, who's who that came through the Saint and, uh, you know, made it what it is today. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful recollection, recollection, Sam. Uh, thank you for sharing that, and and very happy that we didn't uh, limit you to just one uh, back in time story because I, I would have hated to have not heard about your uh, your coaching debut there and um, how you <laughs> apparently didn't uh, mess up that all star lineup. I assume you got the W, right? We got the W, but it was so hard to make uh, uh, adjustments and. You know, in subs because everybody, you know, nobody wants to come out the game. <laughs> yeah, and there, there was you only know, one so. ball, right? Yeah, right, one ball. You know, it wasn't a problem once we got on the court, but it's just the other guys that was, you know, pretty good, and some of them thought they were better than they really were. That uh, that wanted to get more time. Sure. <laughs> but I was like, hey, look, look you, who you want me to sub you with, Magic? Oh, you want me to take Isaiah and put you in? I was like, yeah, no way, buddy. <laughs> so they got, they, they understood. And I wasn't afraid to tell them, so it all worked out good. Good on you. Good on you. Hey, thanks again so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Okay, my pleasure. Anytime. Conversations with Sports Fans is a production of The Sports Fan Project. Our theme music is, fittingly, entitled Wooden Championships by Lobo Loco. Please visit our website at thesportsfanproject.com for more information and to contact us. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with other sports fans you know and invite them to give it a listen.